So I am uh, not particularly in the morning, not particularly a morning person. Uh, I, I am a responsible adult, so I do get up <laughs> and you know <laughs> help my kids get ready for school, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not a bum, but. Uh, on my own, on my day off, uh, 6.30, 7.30, like, no, I'm not, I'm not up, <laughs> right? I, I'm a, I, I love sleeping in. It's easier for me to stay up rather than to get up early. So when I was in, in, in seminary, and uh, I'd heard a number of uh, Korean students were getting up at 5 a.m. to pray in the chapel of our seminary, um, my first thought was like, I will never do that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, will, I will never, they're inviting other people to participate with them and other students. And I was like, ah, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, and you know, I'm a little embarrassed to say that. I, I, wish, I wish I'd gone. Because uh, what I've learned since then is that that wasn't just particular to those students, right? Um, that in fact, they represented a, a broader tradition that's uh, represented in the Korean church. church. Um, the, the ways in which they are serious about prayer, the ways in which they approach prayer that I've, I've learned more about and been drawn more into. And, and that's something I want to sort of help us explore this morning. I think those brothers and sisters are going to be a helpful example to us as we think about prayer. And there's a particular aspect of prayer I want to, I want to talk about. Um, it's one of the more interesting and challenging things I think the Bible says about prayer. And it's this. It shows up a couple of different places in the Bible. You can probably get the theme as I read these verses. Um, so, praying without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5. Be constant in prayer, Romans 12. Pray at all times in the Spirit, it's Ephesians 6. Uh, I could add to this list 1 Thessalonians 1 and 2 Timothy 1, where Paul's talking about himself personally, and he describes how he personally prays constantly. How he prays always, day and night. What we're talking about here is this idea of prayer as, a, as like a constant activity. Prayer as, as something that we, we do all the time. And, you know, the first time I, I heard this, this idea, I thought, like, is that, is that for real? Like, I mean, that must be an exaggeration. Like, can, can we really do this? Can you really pray like this? I mean, it's clearly important. It shows up multiple times in the Bible, right? And it's a way of, of thinking about prayer that's different than I most naturally think about prayer. I think of prayer very, I tend to most naturally think of prayer formally. So we plan our worship services every week, and we have a time of prayer, scattered throughout our, our worship service. We do prayer meetings as a church. So there's a particular set times in which we pray. This is different. This is a life of prayer, isn't it? It's an it's a all-day, everyday kind of prayer life, to pray without ceasing. And what I want to ask this morning is, so what, what does that really mean? How do we get into that? How do we enter into that? What does the Bible mean when it, it talks about this type of all-day, everyday type of prayer. Then I want to look to the Korean church as a representation of, of a, a church tradition, I think, that, that has captured this and pressed into this and see maybe what we might learn from that. So to start with, uh, I think when we think of all-day, everyday prayer, what we're talking about is continual fellowship with God. It's, it's just a sense of you are always aware of God, always listening to him, always talking to him throughout your day, every day. I mean, one of the things we know about being a Christian is about, it's about a relationship with God. Right? That, that's, you hear that, right? That's clear. Being a Christian is a relationship with God. That's what Jesus brought about. But think about it. Jesus bringing this about means that Jesus has brought us in connection to God in a way that is personal, direct, and constant. You become a Christian, you have a relationship with God. God's no longer someone you visit, 
Like you might visit that barista, right, every morning or so that you always see. Or you might visit your grandparents. It's easy to think of God that way. He's, he's somewhere and I, I go visit, I check in with him, and I go and do something else. This type of prayer is, is, a, is, an, is a way of which we recognize that we have a relationship with God where we are always connected to him. He's always present. He's united to us in every part of our life, in every day of our life. Praying without ceasing, sort of all day, every type of day time of prayer is, is you finally getting to the point where you pay attention to the fact that God is there. It's not like he, he left. He's always there. And I, I, as I've been thinking and thinking through this and thinking and trying to, think, trying to wrap my mind around this, I think it's just, it's just saying God is there. He's always there. And I'm just going to finally see him <laughs> and pay attention to him. Realize the very instant you say, hey, God, he's like, what's up? The very instant, there is no Wi-Fi signal drop with God, right? There is no busy signal with God. Every time you say, hey, God, every time you open your heart to him, God says, I'm here. Think about that. You have a God who is instantly present. Instantly present. Every time you notice he's present and pay attention to the fact that he's present. The monk, Brother Lawrence, uh, once said this, prayer is nothing else but a sense of God's presence. You see, I, I think every single day we have a lot of different barriers and distractions and preoccupations. Imagine it's just sort of like all these different sort of piles of garbage that are around us, right? And I think prayer without ceasing is you finally clearing the dining room table, <laughs> clearing, clearing the room, and recognizing God's been sitting there just waiting for you to clean up a little bit, waiting for you to see him and notice him. Prayer without ceasing is to recognize that he is present and able to connect with you in all parts of your life, in every part of your life. It's, it's an approach to prayer that means that prayer is no longer just sort of like something you do at a set time. I mean, we should pray at set times. They're important. They're sort of anchor points for us. But to pray in this way, and I think this really enters us into sort of a really unique, special experience of prayer, is when prayer becomes part of the regular rhythm of your life woven into all the parts of your life. You're connecting with God at all the different moments of your life. Before you start your day, as you drive into work or, or to school, um, as you sit down for a meal, as you relax on vacation, as you wait in the doctor's office, all of those moments become moments where you pay attention to the presence of God, knowing that he is present with you in all those moments. In all those times, you're opening your soul and heart to his presence. And as you do that, then there's different things you will feel and want to say in those moments. And, and to pray without ceasing is to, to enter into those feelings and to, to, to express those words. So as you start your day, you begin to connect to God, to pray to God through what you feel as you start that day. And letting yourself feel those things as you... Maybe it's asking God as you're driving to, to get groceries, uh, asking God, you know, God, help me to find a close parking spot <laughs> so I can get groceries quickly and get back to my family. Like, that, that's a moment. That's a thing for me that's really practical and real. And praying without ceasing is being present to how God wants to be present with you to help you find that parking spot. Maybe it's letting God speak through you and being as you're aware of his presence and then letting his words come through you as you 
talk to a friend who's going through a hard time and you, you're wanting to have the right words. And you're letting God speak those words through you. A prayer from God. Prayer God a prayer, your prayer to God that God will give you those words. It could be, the prayer could be really even a prayer of frustration. Being in tune with the fact that you're frustrated that God has not yet given you that husband. He's not yet given you that wife. He's not yet given you that kid, those kids. He's not yet given you that career. And you're just admitting that you're frustrated. And the pr- praying without ceasing is, is being aware of that frustration in the presence of God. <laughs> and connecting with God in there. You, you can see, that, I mean, if, if praying without ceasing, being constant in prayer, praying at all times in the spirit, has to mean being aware of God and communicating and connecting with God and not just the high moments, right? It doesn't work. If, I mean, no one has constant high moments, constant successes. No one is killing it every single day. Real life is ups and downs, successes and failures. It is good things and bad things and ugly things. If we're to be constant in prayer, it means that we're going to be willing to connect with God in all those things. And that he wants us to connect with him in all those things. To be aware of him in all those moments, in all those places. You guys, I mentioned in the beginning of the service, I think the Korean church is a good example to us of this. And a good example in many ways because of their prayer life, from what I've understood, it comes from a lot of, of pain and suffering. Um, you know, the Korean, Koreans, if you're familiar with Korean history, um, They've, uh, particularly sort of their most recent history, the last century or so, um, they have experienced a lot of things, a lot of tough things. Uh, Japanese colonization from 1909 to 1945, the Korean War from 1950 to 1953, a military dictatorship from 1961 to 1992. That is a lot. Um, And there's a term that they use called Han. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Han or Han. It's H-A-N. Um, and it's hard to translate, but basically it's a way of expressing their feelings over that long history of colonization, suffering, pain, oppression. It's sort of this, this term that describes this sort of inner feeling of unresolved resentment, sorrow, lingering pain. Sort of this, this, this sense of, of frustration over all that's happened and that they continue to be affected by. So remember, Korea is a split country. Right? For most of its history, it was one country. And, and, and that's a country that knows its history and that feels its history. Now it's, it's split. In some cases, you have families who have not seen each other for decades, right, who have extent, who, you know, there's, there's cousins and uncles and others who are on the other side of the border and, and they have never seen, might never ever see. So what do you do when that, that feeling of, of frustration and of sorrow, of pain, of resentment, what do you do when hand is in your heart? Well, the, what the Korean church has done is pray. They have cried out to God. Prayer has become central to them, that in their suffering, in their broken hearts, they have realized, like, we need to pray to God all the time. We need to pray without ceasing. You know, we never, I never, I never wish suffering or pain on anyone. I I don't want suffering or pain. That's not something I want to press into or look into. However, we have to admit we have to recognize that suffering and pain uniquely connects us to God, uniquely allows us to hear from God, it uniquely makes us seek God, and God is uniquely present in suffering and pain. We don't want it, 
we don't desire it, but when it comes, it actually is an opportunity to enter into a life of prayer like never before. And why is that the case? Let's remember God is a God who went through suffering and pain himself. I have to think that because God, because Jesus suffered and died for us, that means God knows personally suffering and pain. He's familiar with it. So I think any prayer, any word, any feeling that is tinged with a sense of sorrow or pain or suffering is especially familiar to God. He's especially clued into that. I think that's why we especially can connect with God and hear from God in prayer because he knows it personally. He's especially tuned into it. So What's happened in, in the Korean experience has led to a vibrant life of prayer. It's one of the things that I won't talk, I could go more into just the, 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 the growth of the church in Korea. Like in many ways, uh, the typical Christian around the world is better represented by a Korean believer or an African believer than an American believer. Like the growth that's happening there and the vibrancy there is, is amazing. I think one of the things that speaks to that is, again, the sense of prayer that's become central to them and how they've gone through their experience. So what are some very practical, some, what are some ways in which that, that shows itself? This is, um, this is a picture from an article I read um, about uh, a guy named Trevor Wax who uh, is involved in the Gospel Project, and he talked about his time in Korea it was about two or three years ago um, with the Korean church as they were launching the Gospel Project in South Korea. And just the, the things that he noticed and experienced, not just him, but I've read a couple other things as well, just how frequent, frequent and ordinary prayer is in the life of that church. So a couple of things. Number one, uh, how often they engage in what they call daybreak prayer. So this is what I saw in seminary, getting up early in the morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning to pray. That's not unusual. It's very much part of their practice. This is from a, a book called The History of the Korean Mission Presbyterian Church. It says this, during a period of Bible study and evangelistic meetings, daybreak prayer meetings are the rule. Uh, one of our missionaries insists that they should be called middle-of-the-night prayer meetings because the worshipers meet so early to pray. <laughs> um, some of them begin coming as early as 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. The ringing of the church bell at 4 o'clock breaks the stillness of the morning air in many a village. It's bitter cold outside. Often the church building is cold inside. But the hearts of the Christians are warm and they pray fervently. So... Pray without ceasing. The Korean church is, is getting up early to pray. There's, there's other things too. Number two, uh, one of the things uh, they often do is when they pray together is um, when they pray in worship services or in small groups, they engage in a prayer practice that's called, let me see if I get this right, Tong Song Ge I don't know if I said that right, so I'm just doing it phonetically here. Uh, it basically means praying out loud together. So they get together and when they pray, when the time comes to pray, everyone just prays out loud at the same time. I've experienced this a couple times, and it is unusual. <laughs> um, it feels a little chaotic. Uh, but I think for them, I think what's helpful for them is that it's, it's an opportunity to pray in a way that's not just about having all the right words and saying all the right things. Oftentimes when we pray, what sort of prevents us from praying in groups is like, I got to say the right thing, right? I got to gotta make sure all the words line up and get all the, you know, subject verb agreement going, right? I got I to gotta, I gotta make sure, I got to, you know, throw a few Bible verses in there. I got, I got to make sure it sounds right. To pray together all at the same time, it's not about that, isn't it? Because you're just all praying together. It does, it's not about that. But it's, and it's a cool way of still being praying together as a community. We're praying privately, but we're praying together as a community. Third thing uh, 
that the article mentions is just some of the articles I've read have, have mentioned how often they pray spontaneously. Um, so Trev Lacks, particularly in his article, talks about how he took part in multiple spontaneous sort of huddle-ups where right before an event, people would get together to pray. They're just like, yeah, that's what we do. We're about to do something. We're about to go somewhere. It, two or three people get together and pray. Uh, another thing, uh, one, one more thing to mention here is just, you know, there are so, all these are sort of examples of sort of community-type prayers, but just praying individually, spontaneously, is very normal. So he writes in the article how he was waiting to do this seminar on, on the launch of the gospel project there. Uh, he looks over to a lady sitting next to him, and this woman is, is praying out loud. Her eyes are open, right? She's not like this. She's just talking to God, <laughs> just, sitting, just sitting right there, talking to God, like it's the most normal thing in the world to talk to God. Uh, and when she's finished, uh, she, she let him know that what she was doing was asking God to make sure that uh, it wouldn't rain that day um, so that people can attend the event. Um, praying without ceasing. All day, every type of, everyday type of prayer. Um, again, I, initially in thinking about this concept, it, it has felt overwhelming to me. It has felt like an impossible standard the Bible was giving us. But one of the things... I've come to really believe, and, and, and th- reflecting about this from the Bible, but then also looking to the example of these brothers and sisters in Korea, is uh, this is not something extra. This is something normal and common. It, it's, it's natural. It's, it's realizing that, like, you know, every single day, every single day you talk, you breathe, you feel. And to pray without ceasing is just to be aware of God in those breaths, in those feelings, in those words, that God is present in each word, in each breath, in each feeling. Praying without ceasing is being present to God in those most natural moments so it becomes part of your life, part of who you are. So um, let me finish by just giving, I think, five practical things I want to suggest that we can do um, to maybe, in our own context, and we're not the Korean church, and so it's, it's, it's different, but I think there's some things I want to suggest that maybe can help us to have an all-day, everyday type of prayer life. Um, so um, some of the things that I, I want to suggest that we can do, uh, and then we're going to do some stuff together even now in this moment, so be ready for that. Um, but let me list uh, five things. Number one, pray at the drop of a hat, at the littlest moment, at the littlest prompt. Pray at the drop of a hat. Uh, last weekend, I was at a, a birthday party, and I was talking to someone from our church who was there, and uh, they are explaining that they'd uh, gone through covid and they've recovered, but they have not yet fully recovered their sense of smell. And if you realize this, like, that's, that's a huge thing. Your ability to taste things uh, is connected to your sense of smell. Um, and so that means, like, imagine your favorite foods, your favorite drinks. Like, you can't really fully taste it anymore. It's been a couple months. Uh, who knows if it will go longer. Uh, and so as I was talking to them, you know, I, I had the thought, like, I, man, like, that's, that's really bad. I should pray for them. And then my second thought was like, ah, I can't do that right now. We're in a birthday party. <laughs> I fortunately ignored the second thought and listened to the first thought. Uh, and I prayed for them, put my hand on them and prayed for them. And let me say, um, this was not one of my better, better prayers. Uh, there's some prayers I, I, are good. This one was... <laughs> this, one, this one was rambling, right? I was distracted because I was listening to the party, right? And I was like, I'm being really repetitive here. Um, but... Here's the thing. When I was done praying, um, I knew that that was something I needed to do when I looked on the person's face. And I saw the, the, the sense of happiness, of joy, of peace on their face. 
I don't think anyone had prayed for them recently about that. And I thought to myself, it's not, it wasn't really so much about me getting the right words. It was the fact that I was being present to the Lord together with her and saying, Lord, we need you in this moment. This is about, many ways, letting God initiate prayer with us rather than we initiating with him. And I think the way God initiates prayer is with those stray thoughts and feelings that we so often ignore and dismiss. Rich Valota says this, every feeling and thought is an access point to God. We usually pray until we have the good feelings and thoughts, but if every feeling and thought is an access point to God, then we can be in constant communion with God. Pray at a drop of hat, at the littlest moment, at the smallest prompt. Number two, uh, breath prayers. And this is a point I made in a sermon of a few years ago, so I'm bringing it, paying it forward, bringing it back. Um, I was preaching about the, the Christian slaves, and if you think about it, slavery is an all-time thing. It's all-day, everyday type of thing. You're in bondage and suffering all day, every day. And so those slaves learned to pray all day, every day. Really short prayers. And ancient Christian tradition would call these breath prayers. These are prayers that you can say in a single breath. If we're going to pray without ceasing, one of the ways you can do that is just by praying prayers that can be done in just one breath. As you go to bed, Lord, thank you for this past day. Or Lord, help me get over what happened this past day. <laughs> help me into this next day. As you walk up the steps of this church, Lord, as we help me help this church to walk in faith with you. As you drink your hot coffee, say, Lord, warm up my heart for you today. Um, one breath may be related to what you're doing. Um, that's one of the ways I think we can pray without ceasing. Number three, pray in the transitions. Pray as you go from one thing to the next thing. We have different things. We, we're always transitioning. You're, you're going to transition from this formal time together into uh, something else later on today. And many of you will go into Super Bowl parties or you hate the Super Bowl, so you'll do something else. Or whatever you're going to do. Um, we're going to be transitioning from different things every single day. Um, pray as you go from that one thing to the next thing. As you drive from home from school or from work, as you drive back, as you drive home from school or work, as you drive to school and work, um, pray maybe as you clean up dinner and you prepare to go into a family movie time or family game night. Maybe you pray as you leave the worship service and you walk down the sidewalk and you pray about something you heard or something you sang. Um, pray in those moments as you go from one thing to the next thing. Number four, create more silent time in your life. Create more silent time in your life. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 16.7 says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. and the night also my heart instructs me. The author of those psalms is basically saying, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying through me? Um, to pray without ceasing, I think, to, to have that kind of prayer life is, um, is listen to God, right? Is, is listen to God just as much as you talk to God, but listen to the God and creating space to listen to God. And that space often needs silence, requires silence. And so create some more silent moments in your life. Maybe don't instantly turn on your phone when you wake up. Um, maybe don't instantly turn on your car audio to listen to your podcast or your music. Just take a couple minutes, short minutes of silence, and just ask, Lord, what do you want to bring to my heart? And, these, and this, just create, you, ha you, ha you have to create it. Sadly, we don't, you ha it won't happen naturally. <laughs> We're in a day and age where we're full of noise and other things and full of other, and, and, and look, I mean, that's part of modern life, but we have, the, you have the opportunity to control how much noise is coming into your life. Create silent moments so that you can hear from the Lord and be reminded of his presence, reminded of his love and care for you. 
Number five, lastly, nightly remembering. Maybe take time as a regular practice at the end of your day to think back over your day. As your head hits the pillow, and this is, again, all these are so brief. That's what I, I think that's what's helped me. Honestly, I have trouble like doing like three-hour, four-hour prayer meetings. I've done them, and they're hard, right? <laughs> like, they're good. I've, I've been blessed by them. But I, I'm, I'm okay admitting that I'm not like some of these, you know, these church giants who like got up at like 2 a.m. and prayed till like 7 a.m., right? I, just, it's, I, I, I don't have that. But I realize I do have the ability to, in these moments, like just be aware of God and pray short prayers multiple times throughout the day. And so the end of the day is a great moment to do that. As your head hits the pillow, just think back over what happened in this past day and ask God, uh, help me to be aware of what you did. Thank you for what you did. Reflect back on your day and just connect those different points to God and carry that with you into the next day. And again, these are just, those are just five sort of practical things that I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from our own context and, and even lessons I think we can learn from the Korean church. Um, I think God wants us to be, I, got, I think God wants to be much more present to us right now, in these moments, in this day and age. That God wants to be much more real to you than he is currently for you. He wants to be much more present, much more active in your life. And a big key to that is just being more aware of him. Allowing yourself to be more consciously aware of him and how you pray throughout the day. And so I think that's something we can do individually. I also think it's something we can do as a community. And so uh, as we sort of transition into this next part of the service, normally we sort of have this sort of time of response, time of prayer. We're going to do something a little bit different. It's going to feel a little bit different. We're not going to do the Tong Sung Ge Do prayer. We're Americans, and so I think we're too self-aware to really <laughs> pull that off successfully. But maybe a, a form of that, if I can if suggest that, we're going to do a form of that. And again, this is a little, bit, a little different than our normal practice, um, but uh, lean into that. Um, what we're going to have in a few moments is uh, we have... I, pre-selected some prayer leaders that are going to be scattered throughout our, our sanctuary. In a couple of moments, I'm going to ask them to stand up. Gather around the one that's closest to you. You may have to turn around. You may have to leave your seat, preferably, uh, and come closer to them. They'll, 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 they'll spread out a little bit, but gather around the, the one who's closest to you. Um, when you uh, get into your group, first introduce yourself to each other. There's a lot of new people here. Here's an easy way to meet some new people. Um, but then the prayer leader will, will just lead a time of prayer, and I'm leaving it open to whatever God puts on your heart, but that prayer leader will, will, will start that time of prayer and then just take turns within your group praying. Uh, it doesn't have to be long prayers. Uh, you, can, you can and should pray more than once. Um, if you don't know what to pray, uh, and I'm going to put up on the screen three slides of prayers <laughs> um, from the Bible, just one sentence long. You can pick one of those. <laughs> You're allowed to steal from the Bible. Right? <laughs> That's why it's in the Bible. <laughs> right? You can just, these are, I put them there because I know, I realize, I don't know what to say. Just read it off the screen. <laughs> Pick one from the screen and read a couple off the screen. I have three slides worth of it. I'll just rotate through. Um, and so take that moment to, to pray together. And again, the prayer leader will sort of guide you through that time. And then after, after a little while, I will pray to just to close that time entirely. Um, in this, um, what I hope is as you listen to people pray in your group, but then as you listen to people pray throughout our sanctuary, so, yeah, it's gonna, you're going to have that sense, that buzz of people praying collectively throughout our sanctuary. Um, I hope, just, just pay attention to what you feel. Pay attention to the Lord's presence with us uniquely when we pray like this, when we pray together as a church. Pay attention to that. Feel that presence and hold on to that. Hold on to that feeling. Hold on to the feeling. Let it carry forward with you into the rest of the day. 
And I, I want you to, to have that feeling remind you that God is near to you, nearer than you might possibly imagine. All you have to do is utter a word in his direction. That in the name of Jesus, he is always there. That's, when we say, when I call people to believe in Jesus, one of the things I want them, why I want them to believe in Jesus is I want them to believe so that they can know God's presence in every moment, so that you can know God's presence in every moment. So what you feel in this moment is not made up or imaginary, it's real. As you pray and as you pray with others, may you sense that and feel that uh, and, and let that be an opportunity for you to, to hear from God and to continue hearing from God. All right? Prayer leaders, if you don't mind standing up right now, you see where they are? You see where they are? They're going to just maybe raise your hand so that everyone can see you. Raise it up high. All right, if you're near a prayer leader, gather around them. And as you uh, couple, to a, couple to a group, oh, yeah. introduce yourself to each other and then uh, jump in.